Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Dewar, and today Hello. we're talking about... We're talking about press kits and pitching. There we go. Yeah, so I'm going to take over from this point right here, and uh, then I'll let you, uh, say a couple, let you say a couple of words after that. Um, so... Um, I get asked all the time about press kits, which is totally cool. Um, one thing that people commonly ask me is what goes into a press kit. Now, just for starters, I tend to use what's called Holix for all of my press kits. I don't actually send out EPKs as EPKs, um, electronic press kits, for those of you who don't know the abbreviation for that. Um, the reason why is because with the Holic system, it basically lets me do everything an EPK does, except it also allows me to track which journalists have looked at, downloaded, or streamed any promos that I have. So it's a valuable tool, so that way I know who to follow up with, and I can see like if anybody's actually checking it out and the promo's getting any traction, right? But like, assuming you're doing your own press, um, you can't afford a publicist or whatever, you don't want it, you're too cheap, or... I don't know, whatever the circumstances, you lost a bunch of money and you still need to promo your album or your PR fucked up and they didn't do a very good job, whatever. Basically, there's a few elements that you need in a press kit. So basically, you just need a short, brief description about your album. Um, quotes about from past press that you've gotten, like preferably something good. So if you got like an awesome review from the Sludge Lord, take a line out of that, put that at the top. Because the reason why is that's what's called social proof. And when people see that other people have reviewed your album or like for other albums of yours in the past, and that someone actually liked you, they're more inclined to believe, uh, want to listen to your album. That, that being that. said, that being yeah. said, don't, um, don't just toss a bunch of ban a bunch of shit in there just because you have a bunch of shit, right? Like it looks yeah, it looks needy if you put, like, 20 quotes. Like, three to five is all you need. Yeah, max. I usually, yeah, I don't even usually go five. I'll usually do, like, two to three myself. But, yeah, three to five tops. Don't do more than that. It looks just weird. Um, it's just, and it gets into too long, didn't read territory. Um, also, so you just want to put a couple choice quotes, good quotes, uh, about from past press, if you got them. If you don't, you're fine. Um, try not to do something like some bands will like if they got no press they'll try to get a quote from like uh, bartender Bob to put in there don't do that if it's like you know the guitarist from obituary or something like that that's fine but don't put you know uh, Dave's cousin Bob likes us or something in there because it just looks retarded uh, next up what I usually do is I is I'll tend to usually have a short description of the album um, so generally they'll be like you know um, black and death metal band um, and then say the album has blah amount of tracks or something like that. You have a short description of the songs, maybe like a quote from the band saying what the album's about thematically uh, or something like that. And then after that, you put a bio, album credits, uh, social media links, and basically that's about it. Bob's your uncle on there. And, if, and then you also want to include um, band pictures and album cover as an attachment. Um, also put a link to stream and to download if you can inside the press kit. 
Um, reason why is because lots of people don't like to stream and only want to download. And then the reverse is also true. A lot of people don't want to download and only want to stream. If you give only one option, you're going to be turning off a good chunk of reviewers. So always put that. And one thing you never, ever, ever want to do is just to send a review request with just saying, hey, I'm a black and metal band. Uh, get in touch with me if you want to review. And then don't include any links or, or methods of downloading. Never do that. Only do that if you're following up. That's the only time when you should ever not include, include a link to download or stream is when you're doing a follow-up. And even if you're doing a follow-up, it's, it's wise to be like, just as a reminder, because like I don't have to dig through the back history of my fucking emails. Yeah, if you're a band, like me as a publicist, I'll, I'll tell them that I have the Holics already sent to them, the Holics link. Because for a journalist just to log into their Holics, they can see all the promos that I've sent them. But for you... It might be a good uh, it's kind of hard to say like you might might be a good idea actually to send send a like a, another link for the stream and just say get in touch with me to download if you want or something that effect but never say just get in touch if you want to get a review copy because no one's gonna fucking do that or very few people will do that and it gets annoying after a while so yeah um, did i miss anything on that matt i basically said everything so far right about the elements? Am I missing something? I have a feeling I'm missing something that's slipping my mind here. No, I, th I think you're about, um, I, I think you're about right. Like that, that's essentially it. One thing I always encourage is to try to have like some sort of video content um, included. You yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and also what's important is don't do your EPK via um, Reverb Nation. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking for. Don't do your EPK via Reverb Nation because that just makes you look like a dipshit. You know. Um, and one other thing I want to point out before I forget is when you send send the kit out as an email, um, make sure you put in the reline um, review request and then put the band name um, and then the genre. Reason why you want to put the genre is so that way they can tell right away if they're into your stuff. Because if you send it, send it to a blog, like for example, um, I don't know, the obelisk and you're sending them death metal, they know to delete it right away because, well, you don't want to send to the obelisk anyways, but I'm just saying that way they know whether they're even interested in, in the genre or sometimes even a lot of sites will have certain reviewers assigned to certain genres so they know who to forward it to and they don't have to look through and listen. It just makes it easier on them if you put the genre. Yeah. Exactly. And then one other thing too is when you're, so that's basically all you need for a press kit. Do not complicate it any further than that. You don't need to go fancy. Um, I used to sell press kits. I don't like to anymore because of the fact that they're so like, they're generally really easy to do. And honestly, if you're going to get a press kit done, you're better off just investing in a campaign. Like I was charging like two to 300 bucks just because I hated to do them and people would still get them done. I don't know why, because to me it was like, I don't know. It made no sense to me a lot of the times why people would want one. But well, I, mean, I, th I think there's value. I think there's value in them if you're trying to like, if you're trying to get on a fest, yeah, or trying yeah, to or just or just trying to book more, or just trying to show more about like who you are and what you're about. Yeah, but if you're trying to get reviews, like you're better off if you're going to hire someone to do an EPK for you, just getting a full press campaign. In my opinion, that's my opinion. Uh, but if you're looking for touring and purposes and stuff like that, sure, yeah, uh, plop down the hundred, a couple hundred bucks to get it done. Make sure that when you get the, e if you're hiring someone to get the EPK done, that they have a, 
that they include the cost of uh, a really well done bio. Um, like for me, I would usually get uh, someone like Mark Brandt or um, Matt to do them. Uh, you want to get a high, make sure you have a high quality bio, ask other people for, for references on who, on who to uh, get the kit from, because a lot of places will just sell you a crappy kit. And yeah, um, I, I can do you a press kit for $50. Just saying. You're going to do press kits for $50. Wow. You cheap. And they look, that's the dollar store. Or I just have a good hookup. Or maybe you just have a good hookup. He's outsourcing to like the Philippines or something nowadays. That's my friend Spencer. He lives in Chicago. Oh, uh, Chicago, the Philippines. That's a, that's a good city in the Philippines, apparently. Anyways, just kidding. Um, so Matt will do them for 50 bucks. Only do that, though, like I said, if you're trying to get on fest and stuff like that. If you're actually trying to get press, you're better off hiring a publicist or... Um, yeah. Do you include bios in your $50 press kit or no? No, the bio is a separate deal. Okay. Well, there you go. There, there, the cost is going up right there. So there is additional expenses other than just getting a press kit together with Matt, just pointing that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, don't complicate it any more than that because a lot of people, they get these weird ideas and they think they got to be all complex on a press kit, but it's really a very simplistic item. And if you put too much thought into it, you're just going to sit around thinking and getting nothing done and not actually sending it out. The main thing you want to do is you just want to make sure that you're just being very clear about who you are, what type of album it is, when it was released, and you have the ability for the person to actually stream or download it so that, that way they can review it. And on top of that, even more, even more important than having a really great press kit is having good contacts. Because if you got the good contacts, you can have a mediocre press kit and still get good results. Yeah, as long as it has the core basic information easily accessible. Exactly. Like, I mean, I'm not a great writer, but, but my press kits will generally get good responses just because I've kept up with my contacts. Um, really good example is, like I've said before, is if you keep in touch with journalists on social media and um, you just talk to people and you, and you get to know people, then it's easier for you to get a review and that's a lot better than having like a super fancy press kit because i've seen people do like these magnificent beautifully written just gorgeous press kits that just fall flat because they don't have good contacts that's that's the thing so you want to have obviously if you have a great press kit and you have great con contacts that's optimum but if you're going to go for one or the other try to shoot for having making sure that you're building relationships with people first before anything else and then you can have like a decent press kit and still get fantastic results this being said there's literally no reason not to have a good press kit because exactly. here's the thing is you can teach yourself those skills in the worst case scenario yeah and furthermore like you can teach those yourself those skills in the worst case scenario and the thing is like relationships are something that take a long time to exactly work with right like relationships that's not a quick that's not a quick thing that's a that's a long-term thing right whereas fucking i don't know getting a press kit done that's a that's a few hours and if you get a good one done that's not going to require you to change it all the time or where the parts are pretty interchangeable like so that yeah. when you get a new video you can just like you know plop plop the new one in yeah. then guess what that's going to lead to a lot more attraction 
So stop bitching and start, you know, fucking executing on it. You yeah, know? my main thing is don't overthink it and don't get too complex because yeah. I've seen plenty of bands they'd spend month like a month on getting a press kit perfect. Yeah, and, and it's like you just wasted a month. Like, just, why did you do that? Yeah, and then they send it up to like three contacts. Yeah. Why? <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense to me. It's just like, why would you do that? You just you have other things to spend your time on you know like too perfect like the amount of results you'll get if it's literally just like a pair two paragraphs of text and some links uh, along with you know versus like and like your album cover versus like a whole blown out thing is is there but it's fairly minimal yeah well you're saying that you don't Give that part again. I think I missed something there, Matt. Say so what I'm saying is, like, if I just threw out a press kit today that was just, like, quick bio, link to Facebook, link to stream, link to download, and that was it, like, that would still get me somewhere. 100%. And I think that's better than spending six day, uh, six weeks on writing something magnificent, like, that looks like it's an article from Decibel Magazine. But at the same time, if you can do it, do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, but just be smart about your time investment. Exactly. That's the main point. Just be smart about it. Um, and one other thing too is um, a very important key aspect of the whole press kit thing too, is after you send it out, you got to do follow up too, because almost nobody will do like, and you got to also be wise about your follow up. If you do too much follow up in too short a period of time, you can risk pissing people off, but at the same time, it's a judgment. It's a total judgment thing. It's a really a judgment thing. You got to do the follow-up, but you kind of got to guess like how much is too much and how much is too little. Sometimes some people need a lot of follow-up. Some people don't. So again, it's hard to judge unless you know the person, but you have to do the follow-up. A lot of people just send a kid out, get no response, and then they give up. But Usually, if you'll give like a couple follow-up emails, generally you'll get some results out of something. Because the more you uh, send out communications about your album and you talk to people, the more your chances you are of getting something back in return, like in the form of a review or a news item or something like that, right? Versus just a one-shot, then you give up, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, um. I think that's about it about press kits today. I mean, I'll, I mean, the other thing too, just, just as an aside, um, is make sure that your list includes smaller blogs, not just the biggies, because your chances, especially if you're doing do-it-yourself PR of getting into a bigger site, unless you know somebody, is very small. So I'm not trying to, I'm not saying that to discourage you, but the thing is, is that um, if you, when you're new and you're just starting out and you're doing your own PR, you have to, you have to target the smaller blogs too, in addition to the big ones. So that means you're going to have to scrape through blogger, find some of those small sites, uh, get in touch with them, ask them to do a review on top of just going to like metal sucks and cult nation, because there's a very good chance that metal sucks and cult nation are not going to do anything with you. Like metal sucks. I don't think it's done an independent band, many, many independent bands in the last two years. I, I can't think of too many that they've done. They did Radiant Night for me. Uh, other than that, I, I mean, there's been like very few. You yeah, I mean? and you have to remember that part of part of why that is isn't just for clickbait. It's it clicks. It's just like 
oh, I have 10 friends who do PR who want me to do them a favor today. Yeah. And I also have this DIY band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like that's not really like a contest at that point because it's like these, you know, these 10 people have a relationship with me. Yeah. And this other guy is just some asshole who didn't even bother trying to become my friend on Twitter. And you know, a lot of times, even to become a friend on Twitter takes a long time, too. It takes multiple comments, multiple talking to, not just once. Hey! Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's another huge thing is, like, people, I think, don't appreciate, <coughs> like, you building that Twitter relationship is going to take several months. But once it's there... With Matt, it'll take, like, a year because he never responds to Twitter messages. There are other ways to get in touch with me. Everyone knows this. I know, I'm just teasing. Must you be so trying, Curtis? I must, I must. I have to give you a hard time. Anyway, what do you have to plug? Um, that's a good question. What do I have to plug today? My, my mind is going blank because I had so much stuff. I've got like, I had like 20 things come up on your end list, so my mind is swimming right now. But I will re-plug um, the Durrote Milan stream. Yeah, very cool. Anything else? Curtis? Curtis has apparently left us. Um, I just want to talk real fast about this upcoming Zed record, Desperation Blues, which is really cool. I've got an ebook situation coming out where it'll be email for ebook. We're going to start pushing that pretty soon, too. So I think that'll be, you know, some really cool content coming your way. I've also got the Dropout Media YouTube channel that's actually going to have all of this stuff um, on it, along with Supercuts of Bacon's Bits and maybe some other cool content. Um, so that should be really rewarding and interesting, too. So anyway, this has been Dumb and Dumbest. Thank you for listening. <laughs>